Back when I became a, a conscious, intentional Christian and started to live out my profession of faith, I got the idea that I should get to know the Bible. It took me a while to get started. I promised myself that I would read a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. The Old Testament in the morning, the New Testament at night. And in a few months, probably you know, one semester, I was a student at the time, I got through the Old Testament once. Leviticus, Numbers, and Ezekiel were tough sledding. But I managed to read the whole New Testament twice. Now, I thought it would feed my soul, strengthen me spiritually, increase my faith, but I have to confess, I didn't feel any of that. Just the satisfaction of keeping a promise to myself and completing an ordeal. Soon after that, soon after that, I heard a speaker from the Bible Society who said a beginning Bible reader shouldn't start at Genesis and take all the books in order. He said, start with Mark, and he handed out a reading guide. I wish I'd had that at the start of that journey through Scripture. But I took two things from that experience all those years ago. One was that you can't just read the Bible and expect great results in your life. It's not as simple as that, and the Bible deserves better. But even when you just read it, verses and sentences and phrases and images, they just leap out and find their way into your heart. Now, the same thing can happen when we read a novel or a poem. But for me, it was two verses. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, verse 10. And cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 3, 7. Now, the first one is better translated, stop your fighting and know that I am God. But at the time, I needed to read and remember, be still. The second verse told me, let go. Be still. Let go. Now, did I find those words, or did those words find me? So why do we read the Bible? I first read it with a sense of obligation, not the best way to start. Why do we still read the Bible? It's an ancient book, and it may still have some wisdom for us, but really? Or why do we read the Bible at all? Surely we have evolved beyond the need for some ancient holy book that tells us what to do today. And I have heard all of those questions. And maybe some of you have asked one or all of them at one time or another. But those questions, first of all, arise out of a misunderstanding about what the Bible is and how it can still be worth reading for Christians. 
And those questions also arise from the misrepresentation of the Bible and its authority by too many Christians and others who approach the Bible as if it's a textbook at Hogwarts for the course uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts or Divination and Spells. People who ask the, those questions, often they've only ever opened the King James Version, and they can't appreciate it as a work of literature. They just say it's old and difficult to understand and obviously irrelevant. Of course, you need some education to read the King James with understanding. It was the modern English version of its day. And its translators and authors would tell us to find a modern English version for our day. Because that would fill their, fulfill their goal of producing a version of the Bible that was understanded of the people. Their words, not mine. But the Bible we know did not descend from heaven on golden, golden cords in King James's English, or even in flawless Hebrew or Greek. The Bible we know is a human witness to the best attempts of human beings to understand events, discoveries, insights that they concluded could only be revelations of their God. And they believed God was with them and making of them a people, a nation, and then later a new community called church. And so they wrote and they reflected and began to understand what it meant for them to be God's people and Jesus' disciples. But did, did any of the storytellers, the authors, the editors, did any of them think they were writing fact-based history? as we understand history. And if we say yes to that question, then we are assuming that those who created the Bible as we know it were only born in 1700 AD. And were any of the people who gathered the scriptures for us scientists? The closest we come to scientists in the biblical story is those wise men who brought three strange symbolic gifts to Jesus after they had followed a star. New Testament scholar John Dominic Crossan puts it this way, my point is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them literally. Or to say, because we have discovered we can't take them literally, they're of no worth to us at all. So is the Bible true? Is the Bible true then? Is anything in it true? Yes. The Bible speaks to us as a medium of truth. But it's a truth that doesn't depend upon factual history or scientific proof. Standards of truth that have only existed in our part of the world for the last 350 years. Is the Bible the word of God? In our Reformed tradition, we believe that the Bible becomes the word of God when we open it to read it with faith and expectation. 
It becomes even more the word of God when we hear it and share it with others. Most of what's in our Bible was crafted to be heard and shared. God doesn't write with ink or a big finger or by bolts of lightning. The prophet Jeremiah and the apostle Paul tell us God writes on human hearts. God speaks into human hearts, yours and mine. God's word comes to us first and foremost in Jesus, most and mainly in Jesus. The Bible is God's word when we put Jesus first and the book second. Now Jesus said the written laws of God and Moses will stand forever. And Jesus also contradicted some of those laws. He said some of them no longer applied because he fulfilled them. And he added to some of the commandments, making them even tougher. But we still read the Old Testament. It bears truth to us. We read it through the lens of Jesus' new law of love. And we also have to admit and accept that we read the Bible through other lenses that are sometimes smudged or scratched. We read through the lens of experience, the lens of need, the lens of prejudice, the lens of preference, and the big, thick lens of church history. Yet somehow we find the words, or the words find us. The words that become God's word for us day after day, Sunday after Sunday. Because the Holy Spirit is at work. And the Spirit didn't just breathe on, on the words that were when they were first written. The Spirit was present long before that, when the first sage or prophet or shepherd who saw with human eyes and understood in a human heart and said, there's a story here. The Holy Spirit was busy when the first scribes who said, the old folks are dying, their stories, their wisdom, their witness to God, somebody should write this down before it's lost. The Spirit was present and active when Jesus spoke and his words fell into human hearts. And later, when the next generation of believers wanted to know and understand the whole story, the Holy Spirit guided women and men who gathered memories and quotes and the references behind Jesus' words. And when the Gospel writers put the pieces together, the Spirit inspired their choices. And the Apostle Paul wrote to the congregations of his time, congregations he loved so much, moved by the Spirit of God. And when, when those people, those Christians, read those letters aloud and shared that word, the Holy Spirit was present and active. And on and on and so it goes, down the generations of faithful people to us. When we open the book today with faith and expectation, we stand in continuity with a long line of believers who have gone before us. We opened the book this morning. The Holy Spirit is opening the word of God to us even now and opening our human ears and hearts. The word of God is heard and in the hearing is shared. And that is why we read the Bible. That's why we still read the Bible. 
That's the only reason there is to read the Bible with faith and expectation at all. Amen. Glory to God.